Welcome to episode 171 of the Various and Sundry podcast. I am your host, Matt Harmon, joined live from the Vault Studio on the beautiful campus of Grace College and Theological Seminary by my good friend, my colleague, my co-host, and the man who golfs like he wants a green jacket someday, John Scott Sloat. I wish I had the skill. <laughs> well, I, I don't. I mean, we were just talking about how your job involves. Um, yeah, it's weird. Some golf. It's weird. Yeah, it, that's that's a new part of life. And, and I know people make fun of me for it, but there's the they rule. Do. There's the rule follower part of me that feels guilt <laughs> over like like playing golf uh, for for work. But I see. Okay. Well, you know, everyone's got their cross to bear, John. Yeah, 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 and, and I know you're <laughs> you're sarcastically poking at me, but the guilt is real. I, I mean I that 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 lives. Yeah, it's within me. I understand. I understand. It, it is a real it is a real feeling. Understood. <laughs> Understood. Did you have a good Easter weekend? Yep, did some yard work on Saturday and went to church on Sunday, and then uh, uh, went and had steak and lobster tail. Uh, with the Slope Clan, a very traditional Easter meal, obviously. Yes, yes. So um, had a big, a big steak and a nice uh, smoked lobster tail. Interesting, interesting. Did you have the lobster flown in fresh from somewhere exotic? Yeah, Costco. I don't know if you've heard of it. <laughs> I am familiar with Costco. Uh, so I believe that's where the lobster. Though I do from. not have a membership. Do you have a membership? I do have a Costco membership. See, I don't live close enough to one to make it. I only go once a month. If I went, if I went every week, I'd be broke. Well, another issue that I think we have at our house is just storage. Mm-hmm. Like you can't buy a little of something at Costco. No, like it's all obviously large quantities, and so you know, for the most part, where, yeah. Where do you where do you store all this stuff? I don't know. So anyway. Um, if you'd like to reach out to the show and give us suggestions on how I could store stuff that mm. I would buy at Costco, you can reach us on Twitter at VNSPod. You can email the show, variousandsundrypodcast at gmail.com. I can think of a couple of bedrooms in your house where you could store stuff after you <laughs> have some – people in there, man. Yeah, I know. They should be moving out though here so- shortly. Some, some. We're on Facebook. Sorry, we're, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah, you stepped all and over. And now I did it again. Yep, you, you stepped all <laughs> over it. We're on Facebook. We're on YouTube. Give us a five-star rating, please. Um, yes, we do have some uh, basement dwellers. We have one who will be leaving, graduating this okay. May, first weekend of May. Okay. But then we've got another one coming in this summer. Do you? A Brit. Oh, yeah. Mm. Well, I'm sure he would love Costco. I'm sure he would. I'm sure he would. You ever had a Costco hot dog? I do not think I have, no. Buck fifty for a foot for for a large a pound of uh I don't know if it's a foot long, but it's it's a full pound of beef in the hot dog and you get a you get a soda with it for buck fifty. I feel like I'm good with like maybe having three to four hot dogs a year. Really? I go every time I go to Costco, I need a I need a hot dog. I, I know too much. That's fine. They're all beef. I you still know too much. I still know too much. <laughs> They're fantastic. <laughs> it's hard to beat that deal. Yeah. You know who does Costco hot dogs all the time, and I might out him here on the pod. Who's that? 
Zach in Ohio. I can believe that. Does a lot of Costco I, dogs. I, that does not surprise me in the least. Now, this this will test whether, how quickly he listens to this episode yeah. as well because he will text me like, I don't eat that many Costco <laughs> hot dogs. That'll be his response. I see. Okay. Well. Okay, John. Let's move on to sports. Okay. Um, so this weekend, the big uh, – Big story in terms of the sports world was the Masters. Yeah, a lot of rain. A tradition unlike any other. Mm-hmm. A very wet tradition. It was It was a lot of rain, a lot of stormy weather. And did you see the clip of the trees coming down? No, no, I missed that. Oh, I got to send that to you. So what, this was on was this Saturday or Friday. I think it was Friday. Uh, some wind went through the, the golf course. And the clip I saw was, uh, you know, you see people uh, kind of moving from an area and you see like a branch fall and you're like, oh, okay, well, that's dangerous. But and then like then you start to see people like like fleeing for their lives. (laughs) And then, you know, two seconds later, these two massive trees come straight down where the crowd would have been onto the fairway, like old, big trees. You figure it could come down at any point in the year. Yeah. Any time. But the the week of the year yeah. that they have thousands of people yeah, walking around. Scary, scary stuff. So did you watch? I watched Sunday. I watched a good bit on Sunday. Okay. So I only caught a little bit in in the late afternoon. Um so by the time I turned the TV on, uh uh John Rahm was already four strokes up. I had no idea that when the day started and they were resuming the third round that uh, Kepka, what's his first name? Uh, um, starts with a B. Is it Bruce? No. I no. can't remember his name. I don't have it down here on the sheet. Kepka. Kepka. I know. The O is silent for, yeah. for some reason. Um, Brooks, Brooks. Brooks. There it is. There it is. See, I was close with Bruce. Um, he – he was up significantly and then just had like the worst day of his life so on the golf course. I, I turned it on and it was this – he – him and Rom were on like the second hole of the of the fourth round. Mm-hmm. And he was up two strokes. Yeah. Well, and the big story was Phil Mickelson also shooting a 65. Yeah, something like that. To end up finishing second. Yeah, came out of nowhere. Lefty at 52. Yeah, it's two years older than me. Yeah, uh, but you're not a degenerate gambler who who has massive debt either. <laughs> I'm not, and that that 65 will present prevent him from getting his thumbs broken or something. <laughs> I'm definitely not a, a degenerate gambler. Uh, let's let's get that out on the record. Um, so and then Tiger made the cut. Yeah, poor but then Tiger. withdrew. Oh my goodness! Do you see that video on Thursday, uh, I, Saturday? I, I didn't. I heard it was pretty rough to watch in terms of him limping and just struggling his way around. Yeah, it was different than. Do you remember the U.S. Open? Gosh, probably 10, 15 years ago now. Oh, 15, Yeah, where he was limping down the fairway, mm-hmm. would swing the golf club with all his might. Yeah, fall to the ground. Yeah, get up and limp to the next shot. Yep. There was something heroic about that. Yeah. This on the master uh, in Augusta was just sad. Dude, you're just broken. Yeah. You're just a broken down human being. Yeah. It was sad. I mean, it's remarkable he can be out there given his injury history. And then when you remember the car accident. Yeah, the car accident. Well, you almost lost a leg. They yeah. almost amputated. Yeah. So anyway, um, 
the other probably big news, big story is uh, NBA finished the regular season. Mm-hmm. So the play-in tournament is set. In the East, you've got uh, Heat and Hawks in the 7-8 game and then Raptors-Bulls in the 9-10 game. Then in the West, you've got Lakers and Timberwolves in the 7-8 game and then the Pelicans and Thunder in the 9-10 game. How do you feel about the play-in tournament? I'm pretty agnostic. I'm not sure I have strong feelings about it. Okay. I mean the only – I'm looking at this. Probably the only thing I'm interested in watching is Lakers-Timberwolves. Yeah. Pelicans, Thunder, not really interested. Heat Hawks, um, maybe. And then uh, Raptors Bulls, no, not interested. Yeah. I'm here's the genius of it. It does expand the number of teams competing and playing meaningful basketball late in the season. And I think that's the genius of it. Mm-hmm. Because if you just went with the traditional the top eight teams make it. You know, you get those top – you get the top eight and then maybe one or two teams beyond that. But with the play-in game, there are a lot of teams still in the mix potentially to sneak into the play-in tournament. So I, I think from a from a marketing and viewership perspective, it's a genius move. Now, if we could get a nine or a ten seed to make a run and, and, and to make it to the Eastern or Western Conference Finals, that would be a really exciting storyline. Yeah. Yeah, though you'd have to – for a 9 or a 10, they'd have to upset a 1 in the first round, mm-hmm. which isn't unprecedented but rare. Right, so, right. So yeah, I, uh, the, I think that starts the 12th and we're re- recording on the 10th. Episode drops on the 11th, so the day after this episode drops. Wednesday. Wednesday, yep. That's the uh, – that's probably the big sports uh, goings on. How are the Mets doing? Uh, we won three of four from Miami. We got swept by the Brewers in Milwaukee. Oof. And then we took two of three from Miami. And now San Diego comes to town. Mm, the Padres. Yeah, who eliminated us from the playoffs last year. Yeah. So, and they got, uh, you Darvish on the mound tonight, I believe. So. The Padres. Isn't that an interesting? I think it's a great team name. I, re- I really love it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's based on like Catholicism, right? Right. right? Like Padre, father. father. Yeah. It's they're a bunch of priests. Yeah. I wonder how the vow of celibacy is going for them out there. Yeah. How long do you think that lasts before they change it? Do you think they'll change that? I don't know because it's it's a little bit more embedded in like Hispanic culture, sure. which makes me think it maybe a six round a bit longer. It could be. Uh, but I think it's a great team name. Yeah. I, re- I really love it. Yeah. Have the Jets signed their new uh, general manager yet? No, but he's working out with wide receivers that are currently on the team. Okay. Because there has to be a trade. So, right. So they've got to figure out what, what, what the Packers want and what the Jets are willing to give up to get Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. And, and my – I don't – I don't know. I don't know what the holdup is. I'm hoping it's like a hey. If we wait till this date to do it, mm-hmm. then this kicks in, and that's yeah. advantageous. You know, we want to wait till something happens. So yeah. Well, I would think you'd want to have that in place before the NFL draft. You would think so. And that's coming up. What two weeks? We yeah, it's always it's always like last week of April. Yeah, and it's in. 
it's in Kansas City this year. Is that right? Do I remember that correctly? I don't they know. move it around now. They they used to, always used to be in New York with uh, at. Uh, didn't they do it at MSG, Madison Square Garden? Or Radio City. Or Radio City, mm-hmm. yeah. And um, I think it's genius move on the NFL's part to move it around now uh, to different cities to allow different fan bases more opportunities to be a part of the festivities. So, But it's got to be coming up. Um, late April-ish, I don't know. I'm not a – I don't follow the NFL – that closely to remember specific dates because I don't have a team that I. Well, and uh, uh, it starts the twenty seventh of April. Okay, um, that's a ca- Thursday in, in Kansas City. You were right. Uh, your boy went down to the draft one year when it was in Nashville. Yes, he and a couple of buddies went down, and uh, he said it was very festive. So, hmm. yeah, that seems like something that could be fun to go for a day. Yeah, if I was between. 20 and 25, I think that'd be a blast. And even, I mean, like if it came to Indianapolis, I don't know that I'd want to make a two-hour drive down there to do it. But if I lived in Indy and it was a Thursday night, you're like, eh, why not wander down there? Yeah, it feels like a lot of standing around though, doesn't it? <laughs> Probably. Probably. All right. You ready to move on, John? Sure. Our topic for today is – a Wall Street Journal article from a couple of weeks ago. I flagged this and thought this would be good for us to discuss. The article is entitled – let me get the name right here. The article is entitled – drum roll please, actually not. America pulls back from values that once defined it. So this is in the Wall Street Journal. We'll post a link in the – in the show notes uh, from March 27th, so a few weeks ago, but wanted to uh, wanted to, to flag this. So um, part of what caught my attention as I read through this, obviously the headline is attention grabbing. Of oh, interesting to see what's happening with uh, with these realities. But basically, it's reporting on a survey that the Wall Street Journal has been doing since 1998. Mm -hmm. So a poll they've been doing since 1998. And it appears to take the form of uh, something like um, you're asked, uh, is such and such uh, important to you? Mm -hmm. So fill in the blank with is – and there are several examples – but is religion important to you? Is – money important to you? Is patriotism important to you? Is having children important to you? So th- those are the kind of questions they're asking and they're tracking the the percentage of adults who say, yes, yes. that mm. is important to me. And I imagine there's a long list of things they ask about, right? I imagine I think there's... so, yeah. So this Wall Street Journal article only highlights a handful mm-hmm. of things. But um, I thought it'd be interesting to kind of work through this because – I do think this survey is reflective of some of the significant cultural shifts in the United States. And I don't just want to leave it at, oh, that's interesting. But at the end of our discussion, I want to come back around to the sort of so what when it comes to what should we in the church do? Hmm. How should we think about this? How should we respond to it? What are the implications for even Christian witness? Uh, when it comes to um, our 
presence in the culture. So um, let's start with uh, let's start with patriotism. That's the one they led with. Okay. So they asked the question: Is patriotism important to you? And in 1998, 70 percent of adults said yes. Seven zero. Nearly three quarters. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Then in 2019, 61 percent. So still relatively high, but a, a slight decline, 9 percent. Mm -hmm. And then here's the stunner. In 2023, so just four years later, yeah, 31 percent. So in four years, it dropped 30 points. Wow. That's yeah, that's wild. That's that's very noticeable. Mm -hmm. And then they broke it down even further that respondents under the age of 30, so 18 to 29 year olds, only 23% said patriotism was important. By contrast, those over 65, 59% said patriotism was important. That does not surprise me at all. <laughs> the the age breakdown? Yes. Or the general no, decline? No, no, the, the age – well, either. But in particular, the age breakdown. Yeah. Like I think about the older generation. I think about people that I know 65 up mm -hmm. and the importance they place on patriotism. Oh, yeah. I believe that. And then when I think about the – I mean we are in the business of interacting with – 18 to 22 year olds primarily. So very much on the maybe you. Well, you're still, you're still in the classroom. <laughs> I would say I'm more interacting with that over 65 crowd now. <laughs> yeah, but um, it's it's evident that patriotism does not hold the same significance to them mm -hmm. at all. So that doesn't surprise me. Um, why do you think those numbers? Uh, let's stay away from the maybe the generational for now. Why do you think the the 30 point drop happened from 2019 to 2023? Yeah, I mean it's probably multiple things. Like it's always it's right monocausal explanations of things aren't good. Uh two things that come to mind and I I feel like I I only remember them highlighting one of them in the article and it was surprising to me. Uh political division seems to be huge the one that they they highlight the most in this yep. article yep the other one to me was was there is a there is a pretty strong narrative particularly throughout education um, about just like the the evils of the founding of the United States and yeah. I, I didn't feel like that one was as highlighted in this article agreed um, and so and so I, I think maybe those twin, uh, those things coming together uh, has led to this uh, decline. Well, and they go on to break it down by political affiliation. Mm. Uh, and so in the political affiliation, percentage of those who uh, say the that patriotism is very important to them, Democrats, 23 percent, mm -hmm. independents, 29 percent. Republicans, 59 percent. Big jump. Big mm -hmm. difference. Oh, yeah. Oh, huge difference. And so um, – and there's a comment in here and I think this is probably 
a certain piece of it is to say, um, yeah, when you've got um, the, the, the perspective of some people is that patriotism is another way of saying right-wing nationalism. Mm -hmm. Some people make that equation in their mind and so they react and say, I want nothing to do with that. So I think that's probably a reaction of some. Well, I think I think some white right-wing nationalists would say that that's patriotism. Uh, probably. Whereas I want to say patriotism is much more. Hey, listen, America's got some really exceptional values. You know, uh, mm -hmm. sort of this pull yourself up by your bootstraps. You know, mm -hmm. uh, uh, the rights of the individual. You know, you know all all free speech. All these things uh, are really exceptional in the world and are yeah. different from other countries. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, where, where I don't think, you know, driving around with in my pickup truck with two American flags off the back, shooting my guns out of the windows or anything yeah. is, is patriotism. Yeah, I mean. Is that a fair distinction? Probably. I think I would, I would put it this way, I think. I think patriotism is broad, is a broad term mm -hmm. that as long as it, I think as long as there's a, a sort of a fondness for my country – and a recognition of its um, distinctive values as being good, mm -hmm. not that it's without, not that it doesn't have its flaws and all that sort sure. of stuff, but a a an appropriate. Um, I am proud, you know, in in the words of the old Lee Greenwood song, I'm proud to be an American. Not in this sort of like naive, we're the best at everything, but in the sense of. I think my country has many admirable qualities mm -hmm. and I think it's a country that is worth um, holding up in many regards as a model in certain areas mm -hmm. and not so much in other areas. Um, so I think that's that, – that's, I probably just want to define patriotism a little broad, more broadly and recognize different expressions of it mm -hmm. within that. So um, – Let's move on to the next one. Religion. Now, again, you know, very gen generic term, right? Yeah, I always – caveat before we get going. I always really struggle <laughs> yeah. with, with uh, survey data that says religion or Christian. Or, yeah, so broad. Just because – Yeah. Um, yeah, or, or the word evangelical mm -hmm. and, and survey data. Sure. It's, it's just yep. so broad that I'm always a bit skeptical when I, when I come to survey yes. data. Anyway, proceed. Yep. So 1998, 62 percent of respondents said religion was important to them. 2019, 48 percent. So a drop of 14 points. 2023, 39 percent. So a drop of another nine points. Uh, also, under the age of 30, only 31 percent. Over the age of 65, 55 percent. Again, highlighting the generational difference. Yeah. Isn't that common though for generations like particularly in like the older people get, they get more religious. Potentially. T they tend to. Yeah, potentially. So when, when I read that, the generation divide, that was less surprising to me. Agreed. I don't know that any of these are surprising. It's The, the drop off again around for 2023 yeah. again is significant. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, but, you know, I mean, I think sometimes we can underestimate because we're still sort of sorting out the impact of this, how um, utterly 
um, chaotic and stressful and transformative the year 2020 was. Mm-hmm. When you consider COVID, the racial tensions that that, yeah, that exploded, yep. and if you take into account disputes over the presidential election, mm-hmm. all three of those coming together, I think, to me, would be the sort of cultural explanation for the drops in all of these things. Yeah, uh, and I can see connections to uh, patriotism and religion on, on both those. Uh huh. A little more difficult with the third one. Yeah, let's move to that. Having children. So in uh, 1998-59% responded having children was very important to them. 2019-43, so a drop of 16 points. And then in 2023, 30%, so another 13-point drop. And then uh, this is a little bit more surprising. Now, again, I, I don't know what to make of the, the age gap here. Under 30 is 23%. That's pretty low. Only 23% of people 18 to 29 say having children is very important to them. Mm-hmm. That's surprising to me. Over 65, like I don't know how to take that, 32%. But I mean obviously they're not in their – chi- like, You want me to have children? Right. <laughs> yeah. Like at 65, they're – you know, unless you're Tony Randall, you're pretty much yeah, past yeah. your child uh, bearing and rearing uh, years. Um. So yeah, I think um, that was less surprising. I suppose I think that, and that one's on the decline as well. Uh, yeah, a, a bit more steady than than perhaps some of the other ones. Mm-hmm. Although there's still a thirteen point drop. Yeah, between twenty nineteen and twenty twenty. And again, um, what I'd, demographic is pulling up those numbers? Because under thirty is twenty three, over sixty five is thirty two. It's got to be the thirties and the forties. Probably thirty forties fifties, right? Probably. Yeah, I would think so. Uh, again, the political divide on this is interesting. This is striking. Among Democrats, 26 percent say it's important. Independents, 20. 20. Really? And Republicans, 38. That's still low. Yeah, even 38 is low. 38 is low. Well, and it, it, helps you, it helps you understand. I mean – the United States, uh, in terms of the birth rate, is below the replacement level now. Yep. And the only thing artificially keeping our population up is immigration. Yep. It's it's that simple. Yep. Yep. All right. Um, let's see. Community involvement. This one was interesting to me. Okay. Community involvement. 1998. And again, that's a very broad term. So who – who knows all that that people could be sort of lumping into that. Community involvement. In 1998, 47% of respondents said it was important. In 2019, 62. Whoa, that's up. up. 15 points. And then here is the stunner. 2023, it dropped to 27%. That is a... 35-point drop in four years. You want to talk about something that's statistically significant. That is statistically significant. Um, and yeah, I'm trying to remember when the book Bowling Alone came out. That's Because that's, I think that, you know, when you define community involvement, you, uh-huh. could, you could think of that in a couple ways. You could think of that as like 
uh, I am involved in uh, 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 dishing food at the local homeless shelter. Sure. Or it could be I'm involved in a community. I play horseshoes or I go right. – I'm part of a bowling league. Yeah. Or uh, I play pickleball down at the courts yep. or, you know, you know f- fill in the blank. Um, yeah, yeah. I I don't know how to read those numbers or what would cause those numbers. I don't know where it was like, hey, 2019, let's – volunteer let's mm-hmm. join clubs it feels like those sorts of things have been on the decline for the longest time yeah well surely covid has to have some impact on this right um yeah because you went through this period of required isolation essentially uh social distancing so and even a lot of those community structures um were put on hold for a while, right? I mean, you weren't having like uh, men's basketball leagues or bowling nights. Like th- those were all like, can't do that anymore for a while. And so part of me thinks I'm surprised that the number didn't jump back up after COVID because people are tired of being isolated. Yeah. I would have expect. I mean, I would not have expected it to drop like this. So I don't know what the number is or what the cause of that is. Yeah, that's the most befuddling one. And, it, there and is. this one, this one is actually the most probably even among, or one of the more even ones among political affiliation. Uh, Democrats thirty two percent, Independents twenty three percent, Republicans twenty five percent. Again, I wonder how much of that is how you're defining community involvement, right? Yeah, that's that's my guess. Yeah. Uh, and then the last one, uh, money. How uh, you know is money important to you? In 1998, only 31 percent of people said it was very important to them. In 2019. That number jumped to 41%, so a 10-point bump. And then in 2023, it went up another two points. So I'd say that's stable. A two-point yeah, difference, it's got to be within the margin of error. That seems stable to me. Yeah, it's hard to not read an increase in the desire for more money as, as in some aspects, a will to power, like, like, like whoever has the most... Money has the most control. Well, and especially uh, here's where I think it's hard for me not to read the decline in some of those other areas and the increase here, the inc- the incline, as being related. Yeah, there's there's also like there, I think there's another way to look at it though. Like um, the the late '90s, very stable. We just come out of the '80s, '90s. Oh, and it was the stable. it was the uh, the internet bubble, basically, you know. Right. So this is before the O2 crash. Mm-hmm. This is before the 08 crash. Yeah. And, you know, here here we all just in 2019 trying to, you know, riding, riding a pretty good wave at that point, but still yeah. we're, we're 10 years out from sure. this major crash. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so people are like, actually, I'm going to, instead of four months of savings in my savings account, I'm going to keep 10 or 12 months mm-hmm. of savings, you know. You know um, so I, th- I think that could have some explanatory power over that as well. Sure. But. Could be. Could be. Though, I, I, I don't know. Part of me certainly wants to, to think that there's, there's a, a connection as people are less inclined towards spiritual realities and, and mm-hmm. 
and truth that they grasp onto something that throughout the centuries has been offered as a substitute sort of god or savior. Money, possessions will give you security. Mm -hmm. It'll give you stability. It'll give you joy. It'll you know protect you from. It'll give you belonging. Yeah. It'll give you uh, a sense of purpose. I mean, and meaning. Absolutely. Jesus talks about that. You know, mm -hmm. in the first century, and so it's it's. I'm inclined to to give some link to that. I think. Yeah, yeah, and I, I don't think it's a either or. Sure. You know, I think it's probably a yeah. Thing. Okay, so as the church, as 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 you sort of look at this data, as we think about. Public witness as we think about – not just public. I don't mean public witness in the sense of like um, public figures or things. I'm talking about just everyday ordinary interactions with our fellow neighbors basically, not, uh, not public witness per se. Uh, what are some takeaways? What are some things that uh, you know, if, if, if you're trying to give some encouragement or some counsel to a pastor – or um, you know those doing church yeah. planting, those sorts of things. What uh, what sort of things would you maybe point to? Well, uh, you know, I, I I read the article a couple times and kind of went, boy, this is just depressing. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it is. There's, there's part of me that goes. Hey, you want to know what? We're we're the church. We continue to preach the gospel. We continue to do ministry. We continue yeah. to, to to love those around us, and we we build our own community within our larger communities. Uh, and you know, we we keep doing those things. <laughs> uh, so there, yeah. there's a there's a I don't, I don't know. Stay the course. Uh, mm -hmm. Maybe continue to do and execute the small little things in your local churches, day in and day out, with your Christian community. Just continue to do those things and, and um, you know we'll, we'll see whether these are whether the 2023 numbers are blips on the radar mm -hmm. after a tumultuous what five years yeah or whether it's uh, here to stay and continue to decline uh, in these areas that will, that will obviously change um, the church going forward sure or, and change the world probably more the world around the church going forward mm -hmm. so yeah yeah I think I think that's mine stay the course yeah, I think um, two things come to mind for me in particular. Um, one is on the idea of community involvement. Again, hard to know how people are defining that. But part of me wonders how much of that bleeds into the church in terms of people being content with, I show up on Sunday, I check my box, Yep. And the rest of the week, I'm not really plugged into my local church in any meaningful sense. Oh, yeah. And so being aware that in the church as we – one, that we need to be proactive in trying to help people get plugged into community beyond just showing up on Sunday mornings. I just I'm, – I'm more and more convinced that if that's the only – sort of connection point that a person has with a local church, that it's probably going to be insufficient for them to be able to stay faithful to the gospel over the long haul in the face of the cultural tide that we face, that we, we that we live in. So 
to me, it would suggest that we probably need to be even more proactive in helping people see the value of community within the local church and um, encouraging people in that direction. The second thing that comes to mind for me is um, if indeed we see this rise in people putting an importance on money, that there needs to be more of a concerted effort, I think, to give a biblical vision of possessions and wealth and to expose the the idol of you think that having more will get you security. Mm-hmm. Let's look at Luke 12 because Jesus disagrees, mm-hmm. right? And not just when you preach Luke 12, but like to, to help people see that the kinds of things that people are now more and more interested in getting from having stuff and possessions and a better investment portfolio and all that sort of stuff, the things that they're seeking, those things can't deliver. Mm-hmm. They're bankrupt. They offer a false version of contentment, joy, uh, security, all those sorts of things and helping people to see that and not just in a negative way but then also to help them see – and this obviously aligns with what you do, helping people to see wealth is a gift from God Mm -hmm. that is to be stewarded and there are many different opportunities to steward that wealth for the advancement of the kingdom. Mm If only there was a good book coming out on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If only. If only. So, uh, but I think those are some realities that, as as churches and pastors, it'd be good to revisit and recognize in light of cultural developments. Ready to move on? Yeah. I think we do. You're a busy man with people to see and places to go. Well, the aforementioned guy is texting me. He wants me to run a meeting in ten minutes. So. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's go to This Day in Sports. All right, This Day in Sports history, April 11th, 2023. Uh, 1948, the 12th Masters Tournament Yeah, in Augusta National Golf Course. Claude Harmon, a distant relative, probably uh, shoots a record tying 279 minus 9 to finish five, stroke ahead, five strokes ahead of runner-up Kerry Middlecoff. Is sure. Is that right? Why not? Seems right. You're going to see a theme develop in these. Okay. Uh, With one outlier. (laughs) This next one. Uh, 1963, Milwaukee Braves, future baseball Hall of Fame pitcher Warren Spahn Mm -hmm. beats the New York Mets, sadly. Uh, 6-1 to for his 328th win, most by a left-handed pitcher in MLB history. Yeah. At the time, right? I'm sure Leo Lefty's gotten more than 328 wins at this point. I know Uh, Tom Glavin got 300 wins. And Tom was a lefty. I don't know. That's a good question. Uh, 1965, 29th U.S. Masters at Augusta National uh, Golf Club. Jack Nicholas wins the second of his six Masters with a tournament record 271, minus 17. Beats out Gary Player and Arnold Palmer, the person, not the drink, Yeah. Uh, by a record of nine strokes. The Golden Bear, dominant. Yeah. You, ever played a, you ever played a Jack Nicholas? No. Oh, they're stunning. Beautiful golf course. Yeah, he's got a good thing going. Uh, by the way, did you see him tee off at the Masters? This no, time? I didn't. He's looking old. Yeah, well, I mean, if you're winning Masters at, yeah. in the, in 1965, that's 50 what? 
25, 23, 58 years ago. Yeah, I'm glad you didn't look at me to do that math. Uh, <laughs> no, one, no one familiar with the pod will look to you for math, John. 2004, <laughs> moving on. Uh, 68th Master Showman, Augusta. Phil Mickelson claims his first major title with a birdie on the final hole to win by a stroke over Ernie Els of South Africa. Yeah. Lefty. Or as you refer to him, the degenerate gambler. Degenerate gambler. That's right. <laughs> All right. Who, who you got here, John? Oh, my goodness. Um, well, certainly not the baseball one. That's for sure. He beat um, <laughs> who you got? Honestly, lefty probably. That was probably the best masters of the, of the three we have here. So you're okay putting the name of a degenerate golfer on the show? Sure. Okay. Sure. Still has his thumbs. <laughs> as far as we know. As far as we know. One thing you liked. All right. Uh, this last week, I hinted at it on the pod. Last week, uh, we celebrated my wife's birthday. Yes. So, yeah. Uh, that was Tuesday last week. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. So, yes. Got a good. Got some good Italian food. Had a, uh, chocolate chip cookies. By request, that was her request. Yeah. It was a good time. Excellent. Excellent. So along a similar theme, mm -hmm. uh, we celebrated my oldest son, John's 25th birthday. Nice. 25. I've got a yeah. kid who's 25. Quarter century. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. He came up from Indy and uh, we did the uh, uh, New Covenant Calzones. Nice. That's his request. So you know, I sent him a master's text on his birthday. He appreciates that greatly. Uh, yes, it's less fun because he enjoys the masters now. I know. But when he I know the masters so much, it's <laughs> fun to send him a master's text on his birthday. Yes. Now that he likes it, it's a little bit. It's lost a bit of its punch. It has. It has. He still say, appreciates it. I'm still going to continue to oh, do it. Oh, please do. Please do. But please do. Yeah. So it was nice to have him around the whole weekend. Um, we went to uh, Ohio on Saturday for Easter, and then we came back, actually played some disc golf. So John, Jake, Autumn, myself, and Kate walked the course with us. Oh, okay. So over at Lucerne Park. Ah, yeah. You, you know where that is? Oh, yeah. I've been there. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice. I'm waiting for the day when you take one of our donors disc golfing. I can think of one off the top of my head that would go. Yeah? Yep. You got to do it, man. You got to do it. You got to do it. Cheaper than regular golf. Way sure. cheaper. Way cheaper. It's been years since I've played disc golf. That's like riding a bike. Yeah. I'm I'm fairly certain I can figure it out pretty yeah. quickly. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. We have talked masters, a lot of masters. We have talked America pulling back from its values. We have talked about Phil Mickelson, the degenerate gambler. A couple times now. We have talked about celebrating birthdays. And so I think by definition, we have covered our various and sundry topics. And you have a boss who is harassing you by text, right? Yeah, four minutes I got to leave a meeting across campus. Uh, Nathan in Indiana. Who crashed the vault studio last week? Did you see the picture? I think that was months ago. That podcast was it. I think so. Okay. Unless it was all right. Uh, all right. Comes in and now he thinks he owns the place. All right. All right. 
We have covered our various and sundry topics, mm -hmm. and all that's left to say is, until next time, the Lord bless y'all real good. Later.